0: Guten tag or whatever the hell. Sorry I'm late. I apologize. I'm not going to try to make a habit out of it. Uh, This week has been uh, one of a kind for sure but without getting into that I'm just going to proceed with the episode that I had planned so here we go and then I'll release another one on Monday too. So for the past two weeks I've been uh, taking care of my dad. Caretaking my dad. I mean, we. I make him breakfast, I make him lunch, or I go get lunch, and then we just, like, sit there and watch Succession, or we watch uh, uh, Backyard Builds, or we just watch Analyze This. <laughs> and it, it's been good to have this quality time with him, especially with this kind of just whirlwind within the family that I kind of caused recently, just uh, out of not being able to feel any more rejection than I was already feeling. I've kind of already explained that in the first Callcast episode, but there's... You know, it's only been a month past that, a month and a half past that point. But that has been my primary focus during these weeks. I've been getting pretty crappy sleep because of it. Like, I know how important it is to go over there and take care of my dad. So I have been sacrificing my sleep just to, like, make it there on time and be alert while I'm there, and all that stuff, so. And it's also for my mom, because she's working and going to school, so she can't be there on these certain days with these blocked hours, so I take over for her. And yeah, this this schooling is really important to her, too, so I'm happy to help. It's funny, my parents are kind of the only people that I'm really in contact with right now, and I've kind of done that. I've isolated myself from a lot of people against the wishes of a lot of people And I know that not all of it is good for me. There's, you know... This isolation will have its effects. And I think it's already taking some effect. But I also do think that it needs to happen... On one account. Because there is such a thing as really getting to know yourself. And a lot of people who enter into relationships in their 20s... Don't ever get to know themselves. And I've never had an actual relationship. As hard as that might be to believe... um, I have not ever had a relationship, so my 20s have been f- me figuring a lot out and and failing more often than not. So again, I'm really hoping that my 30s are just a little bit better than my 20s and that at the end of my 20s I can set myself up better for my 30s. Uh <laughs> I wanted to start off talking about these two anecdotes. Anecdotes? Yeah. Um about the two times that I sassed my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's literally only been two times that I've even attempted to sass her. I got caught both times. And I wasn't trying to get caught. It's not like I was sassing her to her face. I was trying to sass her behind, you know, her back. And uh, so there's one time that I tried sassing her. And she said something in the car. I'm behind her. She's in the driver's seat. My dad is in the store. She says something to me that I don't like, some rule, some like, you know, I don't remember what she said. And I just go, like that. And right as I open my eyes, she's looking right at me in the rearview mirror. <laughs> and I change my face and she goes, Colin. And I go, what? I wasn't sassing you. Yeah? <laughs> she's like, she just shook her head. I'm not even sure I got in trouble. It was just so pathetic of an attempt. She, my mom was just like, what an idiot. (laughs) So that was just more embarrassing than anything. You didn't even need a punishment at that point. The embarrassment was, was plenty. Then there's one time in Brazil where uh, I'm in the kitchen with my mom and she has her back turned to me and she says something that I don't like again. I turn around going like that. I'm not making sound or anything. But I turn around, and as I'm sassing, I am I meet eyes with my dad. And I'm like, oh! And my dad goes, what was that? And he, uh, you know, I don't remember. I blacked out after that. So I, I really, you know, did not make it a habit of sassing them. But I did try a couple times to no avail. I don't even know what it was for. What was the sassing for? It was just... Then there was one time in Brazil that I'm um, sitting kind of in the same positioning as, you know, the first story. My dad's driving this time. We go... To a video store, and he doesn't let me go inside. And so, right as he starts getting out of the car, he goes, "No, you can't come inside." But I thought that he was already like out of the car enough for me to do this. But I threw my head back, and, and he caught me in the rearview mirror again. He was, you know, like my mom. He was. Uh, he looked and was was uh, really, really not happy. So, you know, you really just couldn't show physically what you were you know feeling in a disrespectful way obviously that's completely understandable but those three uh times popped into my head this week and i had to uh share those i wonder you know if anybody else has some sassing stories or whatever and i mean it it was that's super light compared to like what i imagine a lot of families go through with like you know parent-child relationships they're a hard thing to navigate and there's no manual for them and ups and downs for sure. What other cliche bolt crap can I say right now? You guys ever do that when, you know, or notice it when somebody's talking to you and they'll try to like comfort you like, oh man, it is what it is or whatever. And they just use like a very common phrase to help with your situation and how you're feeling. And it's like you didn't even need to waste those words because they just dropped to the ground like they're literally nothing. Like, oh man, you know, you just got to get over. Plenty of fish in the sea. Go screw yourself! Yeah, but it was really hard to catch this one. It was kind of hard. I don't want to go through the whole thing of trying to catch him again. Like, I've been through so many talking stages. So many talking stages. I'm done. I just wasted six months with somebody. (laughs) Complete waste of time. They just blocked me two days ago, officially. I thought I was blocked for a while, but apparently I wasn't. There was just like a snafu with their phone, apparently. But we had like a three-day fight recently uh, this week, which is part of the reason I didn't. You know, I I have trouble making content when real-life circumstances, consequences are happening. It's hard to make myself do and be funny, do comedy, when I'm feeling rotten about what is happening. Around me. In fact, I will, because out of necessity, I need to keep making content, but the content that I do make, a lot of times, it will just reflect how I am feeling, so then it doesn't click with people, and it'll get like 5,000 views. Which, on my account, you would think would kind of be impossible to get that low of views, Uh, but it is. So, when they don't perform like that, um, I just remove them, because it's not... The comedy that I want to put out there, it's not the comedy that I want to represent, because it's not clicking with people. It's just, like, angry and bitter, and I just spit right now. I was actually just, uh, like, businesses, uh, rabbit trail, businesses are kind of, like, putting masks back on and glass back up and all that stuff. So I was just at a business, and he had his mask on, but they didn't have signs up. I didn't need to have a mask. Except for... I was talking to him, and a bunch of spittle came out of my mouth as we're talking. And I was—the light reflected on it perfectly, so I know he and I both saw it. And I was just like, "Let's move past. Let's move past that. Just happening." Because <laughs> that just can't happen nowadays. He probably unfollowed me on TikTok after that, because he—he did. He does follow. All right. Well. Well, this podcast has gotten away from me just a little bit, but uh, stuff that I wanted to talk about—I wanted to give you guys a tattoo tour. And I'm sorry, I'm so scatterbrained, I'm all over the place today, but hopefully you can just kind of bear with me and listen to my voice, listen to my voice as I sprecken. But yeah, okay, so let me give you a tattoo tour. This is the first tattoo that I ever got, and sorry listeners, you're not going to be able to like see what I'm showing you, um, but uh, on YouTube you can, this this tattoo right here is a tribal trinity tattoo the trinity is the father the son and the holy spirit and this is just a tribal design that i got when i was 18 in brazil my on the same day that my older brother we went and got tattoos together not the same ones but um he got uh, two big old tattoos on his forearms right here that like they link when he does this it's pretty cool uh but that is my favorite bible verse the two favorite bible verses that i have march march did i just say march Uh, But yeah, anyways, this is uh, Psalms 121, 1 and 2. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Okay, that was a little hard. My hair is getting too long. Okay, so there's that tattoo. And then how can I show this tattoo? This is a tree that looks a lot like J.R.R. Tolkien's designs, the author of Lord of the Rings. Maybe I can show it like this. Huh? Maybe? (laughs) I'll just show you like this. So right here, you have my dad, my mom, older brother. I would be right here in the lineup. I didn't put myself there. I thought about putting myself here, though. So yeah, I got that. And then I got a word armband with three words that read art, expression, and verite. In the art realm, there's artifice and there's verite artifice is your like fake you know belligerent escapism like jurassic park and avengers and all that stuff and then you have verite i'm specifically talking about film here but you know these these are both occurring in each realm of what am i trying to say like painting is going to have artifice and verite music is going to have artifice and verite Ah. I don't know about that, actually. Maybe. Oh, that's a weird concept. Artifice and verite in music? I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I'm sure there are arguments that you can make there. Like separate ACDC's rock albums from uh, John Mayer's like heartfelt love songs. You know, I... Hmm. I have to think about that a little bit more. Anyways, but with movies, uh, verite is something like Schindler's List. Or Saving Private Ryan. Which are both about the fame war. But even real-life stuff, I mean... Verite reaches for the the truth, the realism. The hyper-realism, even. So, this is the last tattoo that I got. And each word, three words, represents a year that I spent at film school. Because, again, film is the one craft that I've dedicated my whole life to here. I really don't have many other hobbies or interests. It is... I'm trucking along with movies. Movies, and one thing that, um really has captivated me recently is um documentaries because documentaries for the most part I mean yeah like 95% of them go for realism and verite like they're coming out with so many serial hey stop computer they're coming out with so many man like a man they're coming out with so many uh, serial killer docs it's kind of insane I just watched this John Wayne Gacy one (laughs) I mean, there's just countless serial killer docs on Netflix right now about serial killers that I never even uh, have heard of. So I've mostly have just seen the ones that I have heard of, Ted Bundy and all that stuff. I just find those cases so interesting because they're so extreme and so inhumane. Like, we really... How do you even process the information that they are giving in those documentaries about what happened to these, some of these victims? All, all these victims... I mean, with John Wayne Gacy, there were like 39 bodies discovered underneath his house. I mean, that's that's 39 families that had no closure until their, their son was dug up from the grave. And I think that is probably the worst pain emotionally that a person can experience is losing a family family member and not knowing what happened. To lose somebody and they die... And You know how they died. You always want to know how they died, but not ever getting that closure, and you're spent every day just wondering, like, the the amount of mental energy that that has to consume. Uh, There is this one documentary that I watched that I found so intriguing. It's called Tread. It's on Netflix, and it's about this one dude who is a welder, was a welder, And this is an actual news story, so I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. But if you don't want it spoiled, just pause, go watch, and then come back or whatever. In this one town, this dude's a welder. I don't remember all the details, but he felt ganged up on by this town. Now, the people in this town are incredibly rich. They all own their own businesses, and they all, like, I mean, it's trucking, logging. So this guy, I don't remember his name. But he finds himself at an auction on a whim. And he sees that this huge bulldozer is up for purchase at this auction. He buys it. He takes it home. He's a welder. So he starts creating this monstrosity of a tank. And he creates for three years. He creates, I think it's that long a suit of body armor for his bulldozer (laughs) which is messed up and so one day he goes today's the day he gets in his bulldozer tank which he has now rigged heavy artillery inside this machine and he goes to town on the town The town of Piscalante. Uh, That's not the name of it. I don't remember the name. And by that, I mean he destroyed seven buildings. He went and targeted all these buildings in this town. He was at this for hours. Nobody could stop him. Nobody could even penetrate the armor. I mean, all the cops were there until the moment where his tank got stuck. He couldn't go any further. He pulled out his pistol and just offed himself. Coward. But he just wanted to be famous. He wanted his anger to be heard. I can't even imagine how miserable he must have been. Just festering with all that anger. In total isolation. Creating this monster tank. But that to me was almost more shocking or more captivating of a documentary to watch than some of those Ted Bundy stuff. Just because, I mean, this dude did have valid reasons for feeling anger and hurt. Those serial killers have no valid reason to be doing any of that. So this Tread guy, I feel that I can relate to him with the hurt and rejection and the, the how ganged up on he feels towards the town. And I wish that I could remember all the details, but there was stuff where he couldn't buy land because this owner was, you know, conjoining with this owner and they wanted to, like, not implement his sewer system or they had super high standards for what this guy had to meet or their prices were outrageous. And he wasn't from the town. He had moved there seven years prior. And so that's why he felt treated like an outsider was because he was. And the town was, like, a clique. The town was a little clique. And the thing is, yes, his anger was heard in the end, but you know how much that town had to come together to recover from all that and how much they were paid? They were paid so much money, like individual businesses, from what happened to their businesses. So if anything, he just created more family-like click-tight closeness in this town and really taught them no lessons whatsoever because you really i mean when are you ever able to teach somebody a lesson with anger i know that there are arguments out there that yes it does work intimidation does work or, or the the righteous anger does work parental anger to a kid but you have to go about it the right way but yeah tread is uh, a very shocking documentary not graphic or gory or anything but a very intense watch very very memorable I'd be interested in turning it into a movie at some point. But, anyways, what about you guys? Do you guys like documentaries? Have you watched any uh, good ones recently? I like docu-series, too. I love docu-series. I just watched one about Bill Cosby. I watched the Michael Jackson ones. And those ones are shocking for whole other reasons. Hey, stop. I'm doing a podcast here. Or even the Woody Harrelson one. Anyways, next topic. My pitch pilot that I filmed last year that is going to be submitted to all these uh, streaming services has now been submitted... To Disney Plus, Netflix, and Apple TV. in the In the next few days, it's going to be submitted to Hulu, Peacock, and Amazon Prime. So that is six streaming services that will at least be looking at me on screen. Even if they don't pick it up, even if they don't pick the series up, they will still watch me in a performative whatever. And who knows? They could like me. They could be like, you know what? We're not going to pick up this show, but why don't we uh, cast that dude in something? Who knows? The possibility they're all with. So this pitch pilot I talked about in a previous podcast. I can't remember which one, but it's uh, with King Batch. I don't know if you guys know uh, King Batch, uh, the influencer from Vine. So we filmed the pitch pilot. We go to the director's house that night. We're standing around and some of the guys are like lifting weights and stuff. And I obviously was not uh, going to do that. And the director has a bunch of kids running around and all that stuff. And during this, King Batch makes a fat joke about me. And it made me snap at him. And I went, hey, you don't effin' know in front of all the director's kids and all that stuff. Not even thinking. Like I said it and then I immediately was like, I'm so sorry, dude, I apologize. And they're like, what's that mean? And I was like, nothing, it's not even a word, (laughs) you know? The director came up to me later and goes, yeah, I'm not into that. I was like, I felt sorry. Forgive me. I felt so bad, but it just made me snap. And then I was thinking about that recently. Like I totally snapped at King Batch, which is probably why he didn't post the video that he and I made together. (laughs) He and I made a video where he is standing at like four stories in a building, and there's like a glass building, and I'm standing outside, and we're waving to each other. So like he filmed my part, and then I got the camera, and I filmed his part. But in my part, I did something, and I I completely, like, did a Jerry Lewis fall, Pratt fall. I fell on the cement, and it really hurt. But it was was really good. And Batch never even posted it. He never did anything with it. He might still have the footage, I don't know. But he probably didn't post it because I snapped at him. But hey, he made the fat jokes, so maybe don't make fat jokes. I mean, I can't help it that he's intimidated by my social media presence and growing numbers, but whatever. At least I don't have to buy my numbers. But other than that, I'm really excited for the show. And it's a really funny comedy. It's like a little bit sci-fi, but not too much. But it's it's an FBI action comedy. On top of that, I have a meeting with a brand ambassador on Monday. And then also on Monday, I have another audition due. And this is for a movie. And I would be playing some sort of like a weak henchman or something like that. But it is like an actual character. It's not just like henchman number three. It's actually like with lines. And I think it's a pretty big part. So I'm actually super excited to uh, get on that and audition for that. But anyways, thanks for sticking with me and thank you for uh, not being too disappointed with the late uh, podcast here. But I wanted to make this podcast in its entirety uh, very personable, vulnerable, while also discussing what I'm going into professionally and the opportunities opening up. So thank you guys so much for the support. I really, really mean that. I will catch you guys later on Monday. So stay tuned over the weekend. Have a good weekend. And then Monday, I'll catch you. Catch you.